So uh, he borrowed £20,000 just before he uh, resigned from his job uh, as a personal loan. And uh, I had uh, three student overdrafts. And um, we just had like a stern belief that this is going to work. You know, it's got... It's gonna, it's gonna, there's gonna be a turning point. And then there was, there was a big turning point. And I didn't think too much. I just said, yeah, fine, let's do it, you know. And I genuinely thought I was gonna be like rolling in money in like <laughs> six months, you know. Like I genuinely thought that I'm gonna be so rich and, you know, etc., etc. And um, I was very naive. Like. Hello and welcome to Inspire Podcast with myself, Kurum Kang. We bring you the leading interviews with industry heavyweights within their field across business and entrepreneurship. Today, our guest is the co-founder of Rational Effects, which was founded in 2005 as the UK's first online foreign exchange service. They are now a multi-billion dollar turnover fintech company, which has expanded globally with over 180,000 registered clients in 200 different countries. They've also traded over $10 billion worth of currencies worldwide and have recently won several different awards. He's also the co-founder of ZenPay, which is the world's first free money transfer company and also non-exec director of Hot Financial Solutions. And he's also recently founded his own gym line, Ripped Gyms. Today, we are hosted by none other than Mr. Parish Dabdra. Again, great to have you here, Parish. Uh, incredibly honoured to be speaking with yourself. Of course, you're doing incredible things with Rational Effects, uh, LED at Hop, and also ZenPay. Just to give the audience a better idea, can you give a bit of a broader sense to what you're currently doing with your companies and business now? Yeah, sure. Um, so I'm the uh, co-founder uh, and uh, um, shareholder of uh, both Rational Effects and ZenPay. Uh, both companies um, I co-founded along with uh, my business partner Rajesh Agrawal in well Rational Effects in two thousand and five yeah. and ZenPay in two thousand and twelve. Um, both are involved in the uh, money transfer space, um, helping uh, anyone from small customers who want to send money home to their families to large businesses and corporates uh, that import products from places like China. Uh, would use Rational Effects because we offer better exchange rates. Um, free money transfers, etc., etc., um, and Hop Financial is an exciting brand in uh, India who I've become an NED of, yeah. uh, and uh, it's uh, was founded by a guy called Mayank Goyal, um, really intelligent guy, really sharp guy, and um, basically it's almost, if I can say, it's almost like the Revolut for India. Wow. So customers in India that travel, etc., um, or that come go anywhere for studies. They don't really have an alternative apart from their bank to um, take money out of the country and send it abroad. Um, and it's quite cumbersome, a lot of paperwork, etc. And uh, Hop is um, offering an app and a, and a prepaid card linked to that app. So um, if you're in India, you can just top it up, have a currency wallet, um, uh, activate different currencies on that wallet uh, based on which country you're going to. And your prepaid card is linked to that app. And um, it will automatically deduct from those uh, currency wallets uh, whenever you're in any of those particular countries. So it's a really, really cool product uh, and uh, very new. So he's launching that now. So I'm excited for him and uh, I'm just trying to help him with my experience uh, in terms of um, anything that he needs, uh, anything in the money transfer space. Um, I'm also an NED on my companies now. So yeah. both Rational Effects and ZenPay are 
um, managed by a CEO and a management team, um, and they're they're growing and continuing to grow, which is really exciting for us. Um, uh, it's great to be in a position where we've created two um, very good, distinguished brands that um, have a lot of respect in the industry and that are now uh, continuing to do what they do um, uh, by themselves. Yeah. So it, one of our dreams, to an extent, was that we would create a company that makes me and Rajesh redundant, uh, <laughs> which which it, which, so it, yeah, <laughs> which it kind of has done, which is really cool. Um, and it's allowed me to then pursue something else that I've, I've, I've been quite interested in uh, for, for a number of years, or, or maybe since I was very young. Um, and no, it's not a bar or club, uh, <laughs> which is everyone, every 18-year-old. Maybe stream, in 10, think, 15 yeah. years. <laughs> yeah, uh, when I'm going through a proper midlife crisis, yeah. Um, but it's a gym, actually, a boutique fitness studio, um, and it's called RIPT, R-Y-P-T, which stands for Reach Your Potential Together. Perfect. And uh, we're launching it in um, affluential suburbs. First one's going to be in northwest London. Uh, we hope the first one launches within three months now. So we're on the verges of uh, starting our fit out process, etc. It's pure class based gym. Um, so people come there, do a 45 minute class, burn between 700 and 1200 calories in that wow. 45 minutes. And the whole thing is about a community feel. So reach your potential together really means you're working together within the class. We'll have buddy systems. You'll encourage each other. We've got tech that's yeah. linked to it, which allows people to um, communicate with each other in the class, outside of the class, and ensure that they're all motivating each other to continue to come, etc. So uh, we're, I'm really excited about that as well. That, that's brilliant. And, you know, it's great to see, how, you know, obviously absolute global titan uh, in the finance and fintech market and now, you know, following like other you know passions and hobbies and bringing great communities into that with the gym market so brilliant to see that you're doing that and can you just one thing that we like to do on inspire podcast is you know it's great to see you know you're doing all these amazing things for great companies but we also like to really find out more about the person behind the journey um, talk to us about your background you know your upbringing you know time with your parents your, you know the influence of culture yeah sure um so my uh, uh, father, along with his parents and uh, brothers and sisters, uh, came to the UK in 1972 uh, as a, from Uganda um, when um, uh, Idi Amin uh, kicked everyone out, got all the Indians out. Uh, and um, so they, they were allowed to leave the country with a max no more than 50 pounds in terms of valuables. No way. Um, so there were seven of them. Uh, and then they came to this country and uh, I think they initially lived in some flat and then Eventually, they managed to um, uh, get a three-bedroom uh, terrace property um, in Harrop. Uh, and uh, in that property lived my father, his two brothers, um, my obviously my mum, and, and my, my dad's two brothers' wives as well, and their parents. And uh, um, uh, me and my sister, my sister was born before me, two yeah. years prior to me, and I was born in 1980. Uh, um, and we, we all lived in that house um, and it was really amazing actually um, I have really fun memories of uh, growing up um, being extremely family orientated um, growing up with my grandparents so eventually when, when we did move to another house and yeah. everyone started to um, get a bit more settled and, and, and get their own properties um, my grandparents lived with us um, which was really cool as well so it was quite an open house, yep. so on weekends, um, 
it would be very common for extended relatives to just be popping around and um, my mum would be making a hundred rotlis for <laughs> for, uh, for tons of people that would be just coming around randomly yeah. <laughs> um, uh, but it was nice it was a nice community feel it was it was a really cool and and nice upbringing to be fair my dad worked uh, and my mum but and my dad worked extremely hard he was um, quite successful in his own right in terms of um, he had he had done he was a certified accountant yeah. managed to join a firm as a cl- as a clerk and worked his way up as a, to be the manager of that firm which was a trademark attorney firm and he worked there for uh, around 27 years okay um, until he retired um, and he retired at an early age of 48 <laughs> so uh, um, and yeah it was good I, we used to holiday in Butlins yeah. growing up until my dad could afford to take us abroad and then it was India every year which uh, typical yeah yeah <laughs> I would have preferred to have like explored the world a bit more but yeah. we did manage to go to Malta which was nice oh, yes. uh, and then only event- eventually we started to go to some other places uh, like America etc but we we went we generally tended to go to back to India and Gujarat yeah. which is where, where we're from but it was nice again we met, managed to meet a lot of our extended family relatives yeah. things like that so I would say growing up I've grew up, grown up in a very family orientated uh, environment extended family I'm very used to being around a lot of people I'm used to uh, meeting new people yeah. and, and getting on with them and I think that's that's massively helped me later in life because um, more than uh, I think education more than um, you know uh, like that kind of academic sort of bit I think being able to communicate with people and get on with people is far more uh, useful yeah. than, than obviously you need to have some brains communication is yeah. key like, yeah, you know, exactly. anything you're going to be doing especially yeah. you know, right now with social media and you know face to face interaction is more important than ever because yeah. you get so many people hiding behind their computers yeah. and that you know you don't actually have a social life so no that's brilliant and talking about your father there and you know his you know, uh, journey through accountancy. Uh, how did that inspire you growing up? Did that have any influence on you and, and what you're doing now? Yeah, I mean, not the accountancy part, for sure. <laughs> um, but um, part of my, uh, what my dad, my dad used to go on a lot of business trips and um, uh, they used to be quite amazing and he talks about them still and he himself is uh, um uh, we'll really have to get him on this show as well. Yeah, he's he's, <laughs> he's, a, he's a really humble and, and he's just a cool guy, very much loved by everyone. So he um, he uh, used to go on like some really cool business trips. He used to travel first class. Um, used to stay in some swanky hotels. Yes. My dad's a, a vegetarian that doesn't drink as well, by the way. So okay. even when he they used to go to like some really cool restaurants, he would be the only one trying to f- find a veggie. And back in the nineties, eighties, and nineties. Um, veggie meals weren't as common as they are now. Yeah. So uh, it, it, you know, he would end up eating some odd stuff <laughs> while everyone would be tucking into a steak, probably. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think that that part definitely inspired me because I thought, you know, it's quite cool that my dad's doing all this stuff, and I want to be doing that stuff. You know, I want to be going abroad and yeah. traveling for work, and you know, getting going to these nice restaurants and these nice hotels, etc. Right. Um, and that, that really did spur me on. When we travelled to India, we were going economy. 
but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, now, um, you know, we, we used to as well growing up, it was always the Turkmenistan yeah. lines or, or the Air India. Yeah. Um, if anyone's been on them, you'll know what we're on about. We completely protested if it was Air India. Yeah. No offence to Air India, but we did massively <laughs> yeah. protest. Like, we were like, no, that's not happening. Yeah. So. And, um, you know, just speaking about, you know, your father there, um, you know, how, how he inspired you growing up and what you saw from that. Do you feel that entrepreneurs are born or is it the environment they're around with their family like you had or can you make yourself into an entrepreneur? I think both of the latter. So first of all, I think it's your environment. Yeah. Um, a lot of the time it's down to your circumstances. Um, sounds wrong, but hardship helps. Yeah. Um, because even when you start your business and, and you face some sort of hardship, um, and and struggle it spurs you on to make it you have no choice but to make it work yeah. you know that that is your only choice that you don't there's no kind of maybe all right it hasn't worked out okay you, there is no other op, op, alternative you have to make it work um so certainly like your circumstances uh, definitely play a big role in that and uh, um secondly i think yes you can become an entrepreneur by the people that you surround yourself with so Definitely my business partner has been a huge uh, um, inspiration to me, a huge kind of, um, I've been very lucky to have a business partner like uh, Rajesh as well. So he himself came to the country in, only in 2001. Wow. And if you imagine that someone, and his background is extremely humble, is, um, you know, his family, that his entire family lived in a one bed house, one bed flat, sorry, yeah. in Indore. Uh, so he, he had to sell his motorbike just to get to, buy a plane ticket to get to the country get to the uk dedication so, yeah <laughs> absolutely so he came in 2001 yeah. imagine we started our business in 2005 and he's now the deputy mayor of london so someone out there's got a lucky bike yeah. <laughs> so yeah, yeah you know so he's certainly been an inspiration and being around those sort of positive people that positive energy yeah um i'm a big believer in you know i i always think that really have some sort of aim about you know what you're going to achieve and when you want to achieve it by Good. and really put it out there and believe it completely believe it because i don't I, I truly think that once you do that there's nothing that can stop you from getting it that's fantastic and um you're talking about positivity the real influence of your family anyone who follows you on instagram will see you know you seem like a great family man you know always with them what does you know having your family around you and that work-life balance doing your productivity and, you know, be able to give your best with, you know, the businesses that you've built, such as Rational Effects to date? Yeah, I think that my family have been extremely supportive. Um, there is some sacrifice. Um, I, I don't believe that there's this thing where you say, oh, you have to, it's all work and that's it. I mean, we've had a lot of fun building our businesses. Yeah. Like, like, honestly, we've had a lot of fun. So even when we didn't have money and you know, we weren't paying ourselves anything. It didn't stop us from going out and, and putting the night out on our own credit cards, etc., and having beers and having a good time and still making sure we were back in uh, by 8 a.m. Yeah. And, and working, you know. But um, So we've had a lot of fun doing it. And at the same time, look, your fam my family's been incredibly supportive and been around me, and um, there's always time. There's, you know, people that say, oh, there's no time. I don't, I don't, I honestly don't believe that there's always time you know it just depends on what 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 you want and i believe that family should family health 
all of that should always be a priority. That, that's really refreshing to hear. Um, you know, someone yourself, t- you know, running a company which is turning over in the billions, you know, done over ten billion dollars worth of transactions, and you hear so many people say it's work, 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 so that you can actually balance it. You know, I'm sure that's refreshing to a lot of people here. And you know, you touch upon coming in at eight a.m. Obviously, that took, probably took a lot of discipline after a few drinks. Um, around discipline, are, are there any non-negotiables you have daily or weekly, such as you know a daily routine, KPIs you need to hit, you know, like meditating and fitness? Um, I, I would say for me, uh, there, there are things that I enjoy doing. I wouldn't say that there are um, things that I must do and it's not it's not compromisable. I think everything is uh, like compromisable. You have to just find a way to fit things in. Yeah. So I like going to the gym. I like the fitness aspect of it and lifting weights. I find it fun. So I'll try and find time to, to make that happen. I like going out to restaurants. I like having a drink with my friends. Yeah. I'll make that happen. I'll find ways to make that happen. I love obviously spending time with my wife uh, and, and my and my daughter and uh, we find time to make that happen whether it's sitting at home watching love island <laughs> or, or, uh, or or going out and you know having a having a nice meal somewhere so yeah. um i think you know like and there are times when you know t- you, d- you don't have time there are times when you are literally do at the office for 12 hours a day or 14 hours a day and then by the time you get home you, you don't have the energy to go to the gym yeah. or you don't have the energy to um go out for a meal or something like that you know so there are times for that but again like that's not every day you know yeah. you're not that's not gonna happen every day so. and how, how do you feel on those times that you are enjoying yourself because myself personally when i started my own business i had to be on the phone meetings on the laptop because i'd start feeling paranoid and guilty um you know if i was having fun so you know how, how do you feel when you're, you're doing that it's been quite an adjustment because I took a, a step back from the businesses two years ago okay. uh, and become became an NED. And I still have some, like, a fair bit of involvement, actually, where I come in at least once a week. Um, but uh, it's, it was quite an adjustment to, to be at home and not have to go to the office and think, oh, <laughs> what, do I, what do I do now? Like, you know? What do people do in their yeah, days? Yeah, yeah. and it, it, 110% I felt exactly that. I started yeah. to feel like I'm... There's something wrong here. Like, yeah. I should, I should be, I should be more um, productive with my time. And I think that's why I then started to work on this gym business, and I became an NED for Hop. Yeah. Um, because that those sort of you start to find things then that interest you, and I can only be extremely grateful to Rational FX yeah. because without Rational FX, I wouldn't be able to do this. You know, so it's not that Rational FX is here because of me. I'm here because of rational effects, you know, and and that I have to be very grateful for that, you know. I'm extremely from the heart very grateful for yeah. rational effects. It allows me to do everything that I do today. That's brilliant. And um, you know, speaking passionately there about rational effects, what was the influence and passion behind actually starting the business in the first place? So I after I graduated, I worked full time at another currency uh, firm that did pretty much the same thing. Um, except they didn't do it online and um, in all honesty while I was working there I tried to get a, a, a mortgage for a house and uh, based on the salary I was earning the bank just weren't having it uh, and um, 
So I just felt like I was in a bit of a dead end and I'd always wanted to do a business. I just didn't know what. And uh, then Rajesh uh, resigned uh, from his role. And um, I used to go to lunch with him uh, almost every day. So for about six weeks every day, I pestered the crap out of him to say, (laughs) what are you doing? I want to know. I'm in. I didn't have any idea what he was going to do, to be honest. And um, he wasn't telling me, but I just said, whatever it is, I'm in. I can help. I'm a sales guy. You know, I can do this. I can be your sales guy. Yeah. You know, and uh, he caved after after about six weeks and then... uh, told me that you know let's let's do we want to do a similar business but we want to offer an online offering and i didn't think too much i just said yeah fine let's do it you know and i genuinely thought i was going to be like rolling in money in like (laughs) six months you know like i genuinely thought that i'm going to be so rich and you know etc etc and um i was very naive like you know i was 24 at the time yeah um and uh it was a bit of a steep learning curve um, because very quickly I realized that we weren't, not only was I not going to be very rich in a short space of time, but um, I was going to be in a mountain of personal debt and um, uh, I wasn't getting paid from the business. We didn't get, we didn't take any salary for just over 18 months. Wow. So uh, that was a interesting time. But I didn't, I think a combination of my age and, and also uh um the excitement of doing what we were doing um i didn't care really about the debt i was accumulating or you know it was really blase it's strange to say but i just didn't i wasn't there going oh my god look at how much money i owe i just honestly thought oh i'll pay it back one day and was that down to your belief was it down to the way you bought up what was that feeling at the time i'm not sure it was down to the way i was brought up because my dad is incredibly risk averse um, an accountant. <laughs> <laughs> whereas I, I have a huge risk appetite yeah. and uh, I think um, 100% it helped having a business partner like Rajesh and, and vice versa I mean we really spurred each other on um, I think having someone solid to lean on especially when things are tough or through troubled times yeah. is incredibly powerful um, and, and can help so much because there were times where I thought is this the right thing to do yeah. like 12 months now haven't taken any money. It's so slow how yeah. how this business is growing, you know. Um, but uh, all of a sudden, it took off. It just like started to fly. So I I, I remember reading about um, <clears throat> you know yourself and Roger starting up the company. I think was there a story about taking out a finance on a car? Uh, so yeah, Rajesh. This was Ra- this was Rajesh actually, and uh, basically he uh, had formulated um, a, a somewhat business plan okay. only business plan we ever did uh, well he did and we had never done a business plan since then between us we've our CEOs who have joined later on in life have done them but uh, we've never done one and neither did we ever reflect that this business plan but anyway the bank rejected it saying <laughs> we you know we, we're not going to lend you any money on that and we think you should stay in your job so uh, Rajesh waited a few days, went back and said, you know, you're right, I will, but I really like this car, so I want to buy this car, will you? Then they said, yeah, of course, take it, take £20,000, no problem. <laughs> so uh, he borrowed £20,000 just before he uh, resigned from his job uh, as a personal loan, and uh, I had uh, three student overdrafts, um, <laughs> which, which, which um, 
I hadn't used at the time. Yeah. Well, I had used them while I was in university, but then I paid them all back. You only normally normally meant to have one. Yeah. But I went round three banks on the same day and opened three, uh, so that I had the ability. We're to not open. advising anyone to do this. <coughs> yeah, we're not advising anyone to do this. But if you want to buy some really cool alloys for your car <laughs> yeah. when you're in university, then you know that's one way of getting them. So I had those, and I had a couple of credit cards, and yeah. then I eventually, uh, about six seven months in, I also sold my, the car I had as well okay. to give myself wow. a bit more funding. What went through your head to do that? Weren't you scared? Were you like sleepless at night? Not at all, because I think what happened was I was still living at my dad's. Well, we moved out to Brighton for six months together and we stayed there together for six months. But then after that, I moved back. Uh, When we moved our office into London after six months, I moved. And so did he. We both stayed at my dad's. So it was almost like thinking, well, I've got a roof over my head. You know, I'm somehow I'm like making my minimum payments on credit cards, except, well, I was using my personal loan to pay back credit cards, and, you know, you juggle all that. So that was all happening. And we just had, like, a stern belief that this is going to work, you know. It's going it's gonna, to, it's gonna, there's going to be a turning point. And then there was. There was a big turning point. What was that turning point? We just uh, had a really good uh, uh, run with Dubai. So there were... Um, Dubai became a really hot property market yep. uh, and um, we started si- we would sign up with estate agents who would then refer their customers to us to to for the foreign currency yep. um, and uh, we had a really good run with that and we signed up some of the largest developers like Damak Properties yep. who started referring their clients to us so we just were inundated actually at one point with clients we couldn't keep up yeah and it was it was it was super. There was only like six of us and we were getting so many registrations a day. That coupled with Rajesh's um, intelligence on how um, Google PPC worked in okay. 2006. Which Could you talk about what, what is Google PPC? So pay-per-click. Okay. So um, when uh, <coughs> you bid on words on Google, yeah. like keywords, and um, there are a number of other companies bidding on those same words, so the, the cost of that word could be quite expensive. Um, and every time someone clicks on a on the ad on Google, uh, you get charged that bid amount. Right. Um, but in 2006, it was very new, so it wasn't that expensive, and none of our competitors were doing it. So we, we were doing it quite early very on. Very smart. But it didn't last long. Like, com- like people in our industry caught on very quickly, and yeah. you know, within 12 months, they were all doing it. So, and by then, then they had much bigger budgets than us. So we had to. Cut down your drinking budget. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Find uh, other ways. And just going back to when you know uh, you and Rajesh were living with your father. Yeah. Did, were there any naysayers in your family? Were anyone? No, you know, not at so all. Everyone was so proud. I still remember when my dad's older brother, bless him, he, he passed away now. But my my dad's older brother came to see us in our Brighton office, and he bought his visitors um, who who were staying with him uh, from from India. Yeah. Um, and uh, he came over to see our little Brighton office, which honestly is not, wasn't any bigger than probably this square, tiny. Wow. And uh, they bought his visit. He bought their visit, the vi- their visit, two visitors, husband and wife, and their son, who was quite educated and like stuck, were living in Germany or something like that. But when he came in, even however small this office was, he was like, "This is my nephew. He's going to be a millionaire," and like really confident. Psychic. And and I was like, "All right, mate." What you know, you're putting me on the spot here a little bit. And when we went, we went out for lunch, and uh, 
when we were walking, the son turned around to me and goes, come on, how are you a millionaire? <laughs> and I went, no, he thinks I'm going to be one, but we're just starting out. Like, yeah. You know, he's just proud. And But that's what my entire family were like. They were all just proud and um, very supportive. What's his son saying now? I don't. Sp- I haven't spoken to oh, right. yeah. But I do speak to the his visitors, yeah. uh, Rustam and that. They're really nice. Yeah, they're all very nice. I mean, the son didn't mean in a bad way. He was just like, I don't understand. Yeah. So and neither did I actually. To be <laughs> fair, I was like, well, yeah. And um, you know, you touched upon Dubai, Dubai there, uh, and again, I read you, you know, you're speaking about how sometimes Russian effects might have been, you know, gone through challenges during crashes property markets or recessions yeah talk to us about crashes that you've had you know on the rise up and what challenges you went through and how you overcame them um well the first one was in 2008 and uh we were quite fortunate because we had already um so prior to 2008 we had only focused on um private clients buying properties abroad okay so our entire business was really based on people from the uk buying properties in other countries um, and but just prior to the crash, we had already started focusing on small to medium sized businesses that needed to send money abroad regularly. So by the time the crash happened, we had already built up somewhat a book of of businesses that are, that were using us, um, which which basically became our bread and butter and kept us going when when the markets um, got quite bad. And um, during that time, I also learned about something called margin calls. Okay. So um, what happens is that a customer, we offer something called forward contracts. So um, if you want to send, let's say, a million dollars to China um, and you like today's rate, okay. um, and you may have budgeted for your costs on today's rate, you can fix today's rate for anything up to two years with us. So it doesn't matter how the market fluctuates. So at the time, I think to buy dollars, the rate was something like $2 to the pound. So you had lots of people that would just fix the rate and, you know, when the market dropped to 1.8, 1.7, and I mean, today it's at 1.28, which is crazy when you think about it. Um, but uh, people were extremely happy by being able to buy on forward contracts and they still are today because if you can budget for your costs, then it, then it's a great way to secure your rate for, f- for, for future payments. Yeah. And we we offer that service. Was that strategic in, you know, uh, working with SMEs? Yes, and yeah. B2B? No, 100%. I mean, um, <coughs> we, 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 we realise that it's a huge market anyway, offering uh, uh, foreign exchange services to SMEs. Very poor services delivered by the banks. Okay. Um, they offer them very poor exchange rates. And uh, we were an obvious fit for, for SMEs, and we still are. I mean, today, 80% of our revenue comes from um, business clients, uh, and only a small percentage comes from private retail clients. Um, so it was a great move for us, which is spurred on our growth. Uh, and more importantly, in 2009, when the FCA regulated us, it allowed us to passport our services across Europe. Okay. And now we're probably the, if not the biggest um, uh, foreign exchange and payments provider um, across um, France, Germany, uh, and Spain to business customers. Yeah, perfect. And um, that that strategic move, you know, building up SMEs in the background whilst you're working with you know, Dubai clients, uh, you know, what was a massive wave. Uh, w- would you advise people who are coming into business to do that to you know try and make themselves 
you know, re- recession proof, like, you know, looking at different strategies if the current market comes down? You know, I don't, I don't think there's anything, um, there's anything such as recession proof because right. you don't know how the recession may affect you. You don't know where it's going to affect and how it might affect you. You can foresee some things, but you can't foresee everything. So there was always a little bit of luck as well that we had managed to diversify a little bit into that. But it was still um, a, a very much a part of our business model. It wasn't as if we were doing something completely different. Yeah. You know, so um, it was very much part of our business model and it and it worked for us. But I would all I can't I can't I wouldn't say that you can ever be recession proof because. You just don't know how a recession is going to affect you. But one thing I do remember is someone turning around and saying to me that, you know, all a recession means is that you, you just have to work a bit harder for that business. That's yeah. it. The business is there, but you just have to work that bit that much bit harder for it. And that's what we did. We worked even harder. Brilliant. And that's yeah. great advice for anybody who's you know, starting our business, especially uh, new companies like you know Apple, Amazon. They started after a recession. So it's always a great opportunity for these companies to come through as well. Like you say, just work a bit harder. Yeah. Um, we, we obviously touched upon, you know, great work that you, you did in building the company. Obviously now NED uh, as well, Hop and, um, you know, uh, ZendPay. Is this what you envisaged when you first started, when it was that small room of just you and Rajesh? Uh, to be honest with you, I didn't envisage um, what... It was going to look like or what what where we'll be in years to come it wasn't about that i think we were quite busy just having fun doing what <laughs> we were doing um you know and and like in all fairness as any 25 year old might be i was massively money motivated yeah you know so i was just thinking about like how much am i going to earn from this uh and i think that changes over a period of time you know it becomes more about what you've created the brand the people that you employ the, the people that you employ that have families and you support them as well yeah um and that it, that's i think that all of that is really cool that's amazing that's the bit that i sometimes i look around and think jesus man we employ all these people <laughs> it's pretty uh so pretty awesome. you helping and yeah um you touched upon that you know you're very money hungry when, when you started up like you know naturally a lot of people are but then online these days you know you do see some people who say look don't follow the money follow your passion yeah What's your thoughts on that uh, when you're starting off in business? This is quite a controversial, right? But, I mean, like my dad always used to say to me, you know, your hobbies won't pay your bills, <laughs> yeah. you know? So You'll soon will with your new gym brand. <laughs> well, I hope so, you know? Yeah. I hope that works. But, um, yeah, I mean, I, I don't think that... I don't think that um, foreign exchange was a passion of mine. I don't think that, you know... Um, I, I well, 100% didn't think that I was going to be in foreign exchange and you know, be in that, in a payments business. Um, so I wouldn't say that, you know, um, I wouldn't say that, like, follow your passion as such, but I would say that make whatever you're doing passionate. Okay. You know, be passionate about what you're doing. You know, be passionate about what you're trying to create. So maybe I wasn't passionate about foreign exchange, but I was very passionate about the fact that we were creating a business. I was very passionate about the fact that I wanted to be big, in business i wanted to i want the business to be big yeah um i wanted that to reflect in our customer service i wanted that to reflect in the relationships that we built over the years and people could feel that passion you know that and that's that i think is important yeah. so then it, you can have a passion for so many different like i said to you before that you know when i was 18 i wanted to own a nightclub <laughs> yeah but i've never done that and and probably i never will but um 
because I realise that you know I don't know much about that industry, etc. And uh, at the same time, uh, even though I may have been passionate about doing it, I wasn't passionate about building it. Okay, uh, if that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. So you know, if if somebody's in a business at the moment, and you know they're working hard, things are going great, but it's not something that they're you know actually enjoying on a day to day basis. Would you then say, look, you know, stick it out and, you know, try and make it fun or in, in that sort of case, then go into something new? Yeah, I mean, innovate, right? right. Find ways of um, being passionate about what you're doing. I mean, remind yourself about um, why you're doing it. Remind yourself about why you're grateful for that business, if, especially if it's successful. Remind yourself about, you know, the fact that it's what it's doing for you and not just for you, but everyone around you, Yeah, you know, and be grateful for that. You know, that it should invigorate some passion. And that, and that gratitude you had for, you know, rational effects, how important is that to, you know, love your business and, and you know, just be thankful for it? Yeah, one million percent. Like, you know, you, it's your baby. Like, yeah. you've created it from nothing, you know, and people know it across the world. People recognise it as a brand. Um, people drive on the... People that work for you drive on the back of how you feel about it. You know, if you're completely uh, um, disconnected, people don't respect that. People that work for you don't respect that. Right through it. Yeah, they don't. They don't feel that. They're not happy to put in their hard, you know, sweat and tears for someone that, you know, doesn't feel that same passion for what you're for where they're working. You know, these guys come in like some of them have joined as interns, and they lead desks. You know, they 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 now are in charge of big teams within the company and they started out as just internships you know and they they work more hours than i do and they wouldn't be willing to do that if they didn't want rational effects to be the biggest in the world you know they well, still feel that. Like that do, do you install it in them yeah we all feel it you know we feel it we want we are very very passionate about our company we love our company we want our company to be the biggest. We want it to be the best. We know that there's a long way to go, you know. It frustrates us when we see our competitors doing better than us, you know. But our customers feel it too, you know. They work with us not because we're giving the very best exchange rates. We do, by the way. But not because of that. But they, they work with us because they know that, you know what, we, we are really passionate about what we're doing. They want to work with... People want to work with other people that love what they're doing yeah. and we love that and, and that's so important for businesses these days especially you know i see on a daily basis with clients that i work with they're really trying to like build that company culture how did you install that company culture into your into your staff and you know get, get that passion running i mean things have changed over the years i think as well like when we started the company it was very much a beer culture <laughs> so uh, pretty much every day you everyone would want to go to the pub yeah, you know, having going to the gym and all that didn't exist. Eating healthy didn't exist. Yeah, having salads, etc. That was pre Instagram and Facebook. Yeah, right. So um, only over a period of time that's also changed. So I mean, we used to do that. We used to go out with all the staff and enjoy ourselves, etc. Yeah. And then it became about uh, eating healthy gyms. We 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 provide um, breakfast through. Um, all kind of cool things. We we have a nice breakout area where people can relax and chill. Um, we interact. We do a lot of um, custom um, staff outings. So uh, 
very often we've taken them abroad for Christmas parties. We went to Marrakesh, we went to Marbella, we went yeah. to Ireland, Dublin. Um, but it's all about being together. Yeah. You know, so um, the whole, the benefit of being somewhere else is that no one can escape. Yeah. <laughs> You're stuck with each other for at least 24 hours. Yeah. Uh, and, and you really get to know each other more and more. And uh, it makes it much easier to instill that same passion that you have for the business. That's brilliant. And, um, you know, when, when you and Rajesh first started that out, you know, um, you know, before obviously everybody else joined and you guys grew, how important was it having someone there as a business partner as opposed to if you started it off on your own? Yeah, no, I mentioned this before. For me, and I can only talk for me, but it's been extremely beneficial yeah. because um, first and foremost... Uh, even though Rajesh is only three years older than me, he was a lot more mature. Yeah. And uh, um, that helped massively because it helped me mature as well as a person uh, and um, learn a lot. Yeah. And I was very open to learning. It wasn't like, you know, I, I wasn't a Mr. Know-it-all or anything like that. I was very open to learning. And, you know, we spent a lot of time together understanding everything, being strategic, thinking about strategy, and I learned a lot, especially in the early days. Um, and more than that, if things got tough, you know, we would never blame each other or anything like that. We would we would spur each other on, you know. We'd find a way together to, you know, get to the next level. Brilliant. And going back to rational effects, obviously, you know, I'm sure you've worked with sort, you know, some clients <coughs> or business partners who, you know, leaders uh, in their field and very well known. Yeah. Who who would you say the most interesting people are? that you've worked with and do you have any stories about them i wouldn't like to say because it's not it's not really fair to all <laughs> oh, uh, right <laughs> uh, um Anything you know that can be said yeah i mean there there, there are a number of uh, very well-known brands that use our service yeah um for sure and again i, I don't think it's fair to okay. expose the brands but um high street brands that use us um some very well-known people that have been on dragon's den that use us uh and um you know that that the, their stories are remarkable, right? Yeah. You know, and uh, again, it's all about that positive energy when you're around those sort of people that are also supporting you. Don't forget, we were quite small when they started using us. Some of these clients have been clients of ours for over ten years, and they inst they had instilled trust in us to to say yes, okay, you can manage our millions of pounds of foreign exchange. Yeah. You, you know, when we were just a small company. And, um, you know, that support I would, I would never forget. And they, they would only have done that because they believed in what we were trying to build. And touch upon their positivity there. What are the three key traits you say you see in other successful people? Um, it's a tough one. I would definitely think positivity is one of them. So positive energy is, is something that I always see in someone that's, that's quite successful. Um, humbleness. Yeah. You know, they're... they're, they're you get over that whole money thing, you know, you're not, you're no longer trying to flaunt your cash or motivated by it necessarily by money. So you're, you're net generally tend to be quite humble. Okay. And I think that's important because people like humble people. Yeah. No one likes to show off. <laughs> um, and three, I'm not sure, you know, I'm not sure. Um, drive, I guess. Yeah. Like real drive, like that want that want to succeed, that real hunger. Yeah. Good. And, of course, you know, you've been in the finance industry for about 15 years now, expert in it. 
where do you see the finance and fintech market going in the next five to ten years? Um, it's still growing, actually. Um, 2019 apparently was a record year for fintech, oh, wow. where uh, um, the most money ever has been invested into fintech. Um, you've, we've had some uh, a, a lot of companies across, not just in the UK and obviously in the US, but even in other places like India, China, who've, who've had unicorn status yeah. and, and then some, um, and then continuing to grow in, in terms of valuation. But they're not just now continuing to grow in terms of valuation, but they're actually delivering from a profitable, uh, from a profit perspective, okay. which is absolutely fantastic because that kind of uh, shows that it's not a bubble, uh, which, which everyone was worried about. Yeah. So I think... Uh, there's a lot of growth, a lot of scope. Um, companies are still, you know, only scratching the surface. Banks still control the majority of the payment services market. Um, I was told just two weeks ago that uh, on a survey, it was 87% wow. of the world's uh, international payments are still handled by banks, um, which is huge. Uh, so we're only scratching the surface. So there's a long way to go. And for anybody out there who's looking to start a fintech company or something they're passionate about do you have any advice for them yeah. uh, i mean now there's so many uh, different incubators uh, there's so many companies as well including rational effects yeah. that will offer a helping hand to anyone that even wants to get into payments or effects um, so you can uh, use our white label for example and, uh, and and get going quite quickly without having to worry about all those uh, barriers to entry um, when we started the concept of fintech and fund well the funding obviously existed but the concept of fintech didn't exist yeah. um, and we had already launched an online platform so um, and in fact there are articles to say that we were the first to offer an online pl platform to private individuals in the UK but um, nowadays uh, there's this whole mentality about raising funds and you know doing it that way and getting I wouldn't say getting rich quickly but you know driving a valuation from zero to a billion in a matter of years rather yeah. than seeing that you know those generations of work so people can do that you know that we're seeing it every day people can create billion dollar companies within a matter of years brilliant and um, other trends that we've seen of course you know, I'm sure you hear it a lot cryptocurrencies and yeah. uh, bitcoins of course you know blockchain within that what what's your thoughts on these markets I'm not sure actually I mean I'm not we're not we don't do any crypto and we're not involved in crypto um, the only thing I would say is that right now, uh, the reason why I think generally people find it exciting is because it's unregulated. Yeah. Um, I would, I would think that maybe if it became regulated, people that find it exciting wouldn't find it exciting anymore. Yeah. And unless it's regulated, then I don't think governments are going to approve it to, okay. for it to become mainstream. But I don't know. Okay, that's fair enough. And. Um, Look, that was brilliant and insightful. Um, and what, how we like to end it is we actually like to do a quick fire round, but we like to tailor the questions to who we're speaking to. Um, so it's not you know, the same five questions for everybody. Um, so the first question I want to start with is, um, you mentioned in a few articles in the past, your, your wife's bought you a Harley Davidson. And yeah. <laughs> I've seen a lot of you know, posts of you on uh, bikes and your Instagram. What's your favourite uh, bike? It would have to be the Harley Davidson that my yeah. wife bought me. <laughs> <laughs> Great. Uh, next, um, 
anybody who saw you speaking on Signature Awards in Birmingham last Friday, uh, there was obviously a bit of a joke about yourself and breakfast because not many entrepreneurs eat breakfast. And I see that you eat a lot of fry-ups as well on your uh, Instagram. What is your favourite breakfast if you could only have one every day? It's not very healthy, but if I could get like stuffed paratas or something like that, that would be pretty awesome and some Indian chai. Very good. But, yeah. Brilliant. And um, what's the favourite country to do business in? It's, I mean, not just country, but city. It's got to be London, right? Right. Yeah. <laughs> and um, favourite country for pleasure? Um, it's a tough one. It's Italy. Italy. Beautiful. Anywhere in particular in Italy? Uh, I really, really liked uh, Sardinia. It's a beautiful wow. place. Very nice. Uh, and finally, what would you tell your 20-year-old self? It's going to be fine, man. <laughs> Great. Well, look, Parish, amazing having you. Uh, once again, thanks so much for your time. I'm sure the audience took away a lot of positives, you know, about your upbringing, your drive and passion for your business, uh, which obviously are key factors in helping you succeed. And it's always great to speak to, you know, titans of industry and you know, it doesn't get much bigger um, than this. So thank you. Great, great speaking to you. And um, yeah, I'm sure the audience uh, took, have a lot to take away from that. Thank you. Really nice to speak to you too.